When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Their premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. Wes Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5. The Game. And welcome in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell, along with you on this Wednesday again, Chris Clark out this week, will be rejoining us next week. A lot to talk about. Great night for South Carolina baseball last night. I've got some audio from Shane Beamer as well, but I uh, want to start off with news that broke just in the last hour, uh, thanks to GamecockCentral.com. South Carolina women's basketball going to get to start the 2023 season taking on Notre Dame out in Paris. How cool is this? Yeah, and uh, I believe is uh, the first time that you've ever had an NCAA basketball game in Paris. That is correct. Very cool. And, hey, you lose five draft picks, no worries. Just sort of permeates the... Don Staley play anybody, anywhere, anytime mindset. And, uh, you know, South Carolina will go play a top 10 matchup with Notre Dame. And really just you see this women's game continue to to grow. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see obviously what TV partner grabs this. But I, I'm sure we'll ultimately be on TV and an opportunity once again for Don Staley's program to be Kind of, I guess now on an international stage, you could say. Yeah, and these are obviously two big programs. We know what Staley's done here uh, in her years at South Carolina and, you know, came close to maybe winning another national championship this year, just coming up a little bit short. But, you know, the the Notre Dame program is also very historic as well, winning the most recent national championship in 2018. Uh, coach now by Niall Ivey, who was the 2023 ACC Coach of the Year, a former 
fighting Irish basketball player herself who helped lead the team to their national title back in 2021. So two very long uh, tenured women when it comes to these individual programs. And again, both of them have enjoyed a lot of success over the years and very cool to see them uh, lock horns uh, in Paris in November. Yeah, it will be a, you know, this is one of those games where if you're South Carolina, I think we've seen Dawn Staley, obviously, especially once she got the program on good footing, say, I'm going to use my regular season to harden my team for postseason play. And they're obviously, we've already talked about it, uh, you know, on the heels of the draft. They're going to be replacing a lot of people. And they're going to be having really, I mean, you'd probably say every single girl in this program will be taking on a bigger role next season than what they were asked to do this season. So uh, this will be sort of a jump right on into the fire and see what happens opportunity for them. But I, I think that's the way they like it. And I think if you recruit the way South Carolina does now and you bring in the type of talent South Carolina does, there is no holding back. There's no easing in. You don't really get that much from just beating up on opponents that you were just uh, light years better than. So right. I, uh, I like this. No easing in. Go play on a big stage. And let's see what happens. And you get to open the season next year, uh, open the entire women's basketball season, uh, which is really cool. Yeah, and, and we know that uh, Don Staley in South Carolina not afraid to go out there and schedule tough opponents. The Stanfords, Maryland's, UCLA's that we've seen them play this year and in years past are certainly a testament to that. So Notre Dame just being another team to uh, you know to add to that list. Again, that coming up on Monday, November the 6th, first ever NCAA basketball game played in Paris, and we'll certainly more, learn more details uh, as that gets closer. Again, it was just announced today, news broken by Gamecock Central right at uh, an hour ago. For the baseball team last night, it was a good night picking up another win in a midweek contest, this time against USC Upstate, a team that you had beaten already earlier in the season, 19-1, to and uh, things got started off very good in the first inning where you had back-to-back home runs from two very key pieces to this offense. 2-2 pitch. Lifted in the air to left field. Backing up on it is Jernan. He's on the warning track. He's at the edge of the wall. And he watches it get out of here. Whoa! Didn't see that coming. Some kind of carry. Opposite field for Dylan Brewer. The Gamecocks have another home run. home, And he lifts one high to left field. And there is absolutely zero doubt about this one. It lands on the wall play underneath the video board. And the SEC's reigning player of the week starts off the new week on another high note. Back-to-back jacks for the Gamecocks here in the top of the first. Derek Scott on the call from the Gamecocks Radio Network last night right here on 107.5 The Game. Dylan Brewer and Ethan Pretcher going back-to-back with home runs in the bottom of the first for the Gamecocks to jump out to that early 2-0 lead. And when you talk about important pieces of this offense, perhaps no two are important. More specifically, no one more important right now than what Ethan Petrie is doing. And, and Colin pulled up the uh, ridiculous numbers that he's put up this season so far. And for somebody that's a true freshman, it's scary to think about what he's going to look like in two years as a junior. Yeah, I mean, I well, I, I don't know how he can be any better than he is right now. I mean, good grief. This kid is a freak. And... You know, we had him in for a Garnet Trust Hour as laid back, down to earth, just normal dude as you could possibly be. And 
to see what he's doing, I mean, you got to just sit back and enjoy it. Most of the time, if guys hit in that sort of, um, you know, you see guys start out a season and they're hitting like 500. Uh, do you remember the exact number, Petrius? I know it's four something, I'm sure, um, when Colin gave it earlier. But the th- this is not a fluke 400 plus that, that he is hitting a- at this point. And, you know, it's been, there's been enough sample size, enough games. I mean, here's the thing. I don't know if you're a pitcher where you go to get this guy out. Right. Because if you look at the Grand Slam against LSU, he went down and golfed that ball out of here. And then you look at the home run last night, and uh, I believe it was a hanger. It was definitely up. Um, and, and he just went up and crushed it. So, I I mean, he's hitting – He's hitting balls at, from all um, trajectories. And, you know, it, it was kind of funny listening to the call. I had the exact same thoughts as uh, Derek Scott did watching the game on TV. The Dylan Brewer homer actually looked like it was going to be a flyout. Right. And the ball just kept drifting. And then the one that Petri hit, I mean, it was instant. Like, you just you knew it was going from the absolute second he hit it. And uh, I'm sure he knew as well. But that thing landed. I wish I could have seen exactly where it landed because it was way back on that back concourse to the right of the left field bleachers. And um, just pro- probably one of the deepest balls he's hit this year, which is saying something. And uh, the batting average he has on the season right now is currently 449 with 16 home runs, and Colin brought up the point, if you would have asked him earlier, or before the season even started, he may not have thought he was going to get 16 hits on the year, and uh, now he has 16 home runs with 53 hits on the season. The other side of the home run equation uh, being Dylan Brewer there, and when McGillis went out with his injury a couple weeks ago, which we did learn he's you know maybe two or three weeks away from coming back from Coach Kingston last night, you wonder what was going to happen in that number two hole and uh, over these past couple weeks, he, he's really stepped up and been performing well. And it uh, seems to be the confidence that he's going to continue to be in that two hole as you go into a very tough series against Vanderbilt this weekend. Yeah, b- another big time matchup. But all, all of them, you know, right now are for South Carolina and the SEC. It's like top five after top five matchup. This is another one for Carolina. Great team in Vandy. But, you know, I, I think if you're going to have a special season, you obviously, I think every baseball team is built like this. You have to have, obviously, good years from your guys. And Petri has ended up being one of their guys, obviously, Messina, uh, Casas. Those are the sort of your middle-of-the-order guys. But if you're going to have a special season, you have to have that lineup depth where you have other players step up as well. And I think Dylan Brewer is someone who's come in, obviously, transfer from Clemson and has hit the ball very well over. You kind of look, it's kind of an expanded time period now. It's not just a little short fluke. Um, you know, it seems like the last few weeks, he's really been going well. And that just lengthens your lineup, gives you one more guy who can hurt the opponent, brings a little bit of swagger to the field as well. And he really, I think, has replaced some production of maybe a guy like Caleb Denny, who... You look at his season so far, Denny is actually a good hitter by all indications. And this is just one of those long stretches. We see this in baseball where a guy who is talented 
for whatever reason, something has just been off. And, um, you know, he hasn't had the season that I, I imagine he or anyone else around that program expected. But here you have Dylan Brewer, who's shown he can play multiple positions in the outfield, can sort of slot anywhere out there, is doing it at the plate as well. Um, not just the home run yesterday, had another hit as well. So a two-hit night for him. And um, you look at that two, three, and four spot in this lineup, six hits among them yesterday, three RBIs, and really just um, kind of carried the offense. You, not a whole lot actually going on with the rest of the lineup last night against an upstate team that Carolina just crushed last time. But I thought, you know, Tyler, you and I were talking about this before the game. Do you want to blow out a midweek team and sort of just get out of there? Do you want to give an opportunity to get some other guys in the game? This really actually, I would say, was kind of best of both worlds for South Carolina. Mm -hmm. This game was never really in doubt. They had some early runs that kind of put the game away. But also, you know, I, I look at the number of pitchers that they were able to get on the mound that's basically for these guys the same a lot of times as just a bullpen. Yeah. I mean, Hicks, 23 pitches, Kate Austin, 13, Sweat, 16. Wesley Sweat, a guy that's kind of come on a little bit as the season has progressed, has maybe lengthened their bullpen a little bit as far as guys that they feel like they can lean on. Proctor, 11 pitches, Phipps, 15. And then uh, you had Becker, Jerzenbeck, and Williamson all with right around mid to high 20s. So, um, yeah. You know, all those guys, I would imagine, are still available for this weekend. So you were able to get them some work and uh, keep them fresh going into this weekend. And that's what Kingston talked about last night. You know, he was again asked what the latest update on Noah Hall was. He says he's going to be out for this weekend. We're hoping he still returns at some point. But as for what we know right now, he won't be available for the Vanderbilt series. So you still have a question mark on who that Sunday is starter is going to be and he brought up the point that last night nobody threw more than 30 pitches so given the amount of rest they'd have between now and Sunday all those options are still on the table you would assume it's probably going to be a guy like Eli Jones but if you wanted to go to a Becker or a Jerzenbeck or a Hicks you could certainly do that as well because again they didn't uh, put in too much work um, last night but uh, again they have a few more days to think about that and uh, you know get through the first two games games of the series against Vanderbilt uh, and then decide who is going to go on the mound for them on Sunday. Which way would you go? I'd probably go Jones. I mean, we've seen him in that similar role already. I feel like it's not too unfamiliar for him. Um, I mean, really, there's no bad options, I guess, at the end of the day. Um, but I, I feel like Jones is the more likely scenario here. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, I certainly like what Hicks has done, but I also I think Hicks has been so valuable as that guy out of the pen that can cover, you know, three four innings if he has to he's kind of he's a long he's a long relief guy but mm. you know a lot of times in the majors a long relief guy is not really one of your more talented guys uh, you know it's more your more talented guys are your ninth eighth seventh guy that you kind of have slotted hicks super talented could be a starter in this league but has really just been someone who can come in and you know i, I really like so hall so hall was so good at covering a lot of innings you have to know you're going in. Mahoney has been really good, but hasn't gone super deep into games. So I really like having Hicks to cover that the middle portion of the game for you. So I think that in a that kind of eliminates him a little bit. I think the more Becker pitches the way he has, 
the more tempted you probably get to slide him into that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, with with Eli Jones not going at all today or tomorrow or yesterday, I should say, you probably lean that way. But Be- Becker is tempting. I think it probably to me. I don't know enough about Vanderbilt and the analytics. And is there anything that tells you, hey, this guy's stuff could play up against them versus sure. this other guy's stuff? Maybe you lean on some of the the more deeper analytics stuff there, but you, you do have options. You certainly didn't want to be getting into this depth because you wanted Noah Hall to be available, but yep. um, you know it just does not. Obviously, he's out again this week. Um, no no timetable really, which I think is scary if you're a Gamecock fan. Mm-hmm. Um, just makes you wonder when you know when he might actually be able to come back. Absolutely. J.B. ever spoke to the media yesterday. Uh, we had some technical dif- difficulties trying to air it for you live, but we did. Uh, we were able to pull the cuts clean uh, last night after they reposted it, and we'll get to a little bit of what he had to say yesterday to the media coming up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. But before we hit this break, I have a family four-pack of Monster Jam tickets for next Saturday, April the 22nd, out at Colonial Life Arena, you are caller number five right now at 803-404-6100. You'll win that family four-pack of tickets. Give us a call right now. I'll be standing by. We'll be right back. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. And welcome back in to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on a 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head and Wes Mitchell along with you on this Wednesday. And Coach Beamer sh- uh, spoke to the media yesterday, and we all know what our favorite game around here to play is, and that is spinning the wheel of Beamer. It won't quite be the same without Chris here, but good to give it a spin. Yeah, let's give it a spin. I got to say also, man, I meant to say this in the open. What a banner day in Columbia, South Carolina, two days in a row. Elite, elite day. Hope everybody's enjoying the sun. It uh, feels like a still hands brewing day out there was my thought coming in. So I uh, hope everybody's enjoying a beautiful day in Cola. Absolutely. Yeah, let's, uh, let's spin that wheel. Yeah, and it's going to be a beautiful day on Saturday for the uh, spring game as well. Got to have some great temperatures. And uh, here's what uh, the wheel has to say. Well, speak of the devil, it lands on Coach Beamer talking about the spring game format, finally revealing what it was going to be yesterday. Format will be just like it was uh, last year. We're going to try and make it as much like a game as we can. Uh, we'll divide up the teams. Uh, still working through how exactly we're going to do that, but try and make the teams as even as possible and play it like a game. Uh, get a lot of guys, everybody in there and get them some work. And then once we get off the meet as a staff today at 4 o'clock, uh, we'll meet today like we always do on practice days and get an update on the health 
of the team and figure out how we can best, you know, set up the spring game in regards to who's going to be available and not going to be available on Saturday night. But regardless, it needs to be a great atmosphere. I know it will be. Uh, it's going to be awesome being back in Williams-Brice Stadium. Today was the first time we as a team have been back in Williams-Brice Stadium since the uh, Tennessee game last season, last home game. So it was awesome to be back out there, I know, as a football team. And I know it'll be awesome for Game Gamecock Nation to be back out there on Saturday night as well. As we speculated, it's going to be exactly like it was last year, trying to make it as close to a real game as possible. And like you said, they're going to evaluate the rosters as the week goes along, depending on injuries and stuff like that, to uh, decide what these teams are finally going to look like on Saturday. Yeah, he's he's going to try to do everything he can to make this an experience that can be beneficial for the guys, I think especially the ones that have not played you know, in, in a game day situation at South Carolina. And... You know, I think that's valuable, especially if you're a young player, you're a newcomer. There are certainly some things that are going to keep them from being maybe as deep on the two teams as they would have liked. Uh, Continue to have injuries in the secondary, so I think that's the area you're going to see. I I mean, really, a lot of times in the second half of these games, you're going to see a bunch of guys who maybe aren't going to play much this year. In the secondary, probably going to be Tyler a good bit earlier than that. You're going to have walk-ons, you're going to have young players but, you know, a situation where they will do their best. Last year, so if we can kind of piece this thing together, obviously you're going to have Rattler as the QB of one team, Doty as the other. I would guess Tanner Bailey as one team, and then it'll be interesting, is it Colton Gothier, Braden Davis, Lenore Sellers, who's maybe the next quarterback on that other team, I think could be telling. And last year they actually kept the offensive line together. So you had the, rather than just mix and match and say, hey, one one team gets the best tackle, the other team gets the second best tackle, they put the entire first team O-line together and um, then the entire second team O-line together just for cohesiveness. I would imagine they try to take a similar approach this year and what you would do is you would probably put more of your top defensive linemen right on the opposing team so you're really your first team o-line is facing your first team d-line um and, and kind of split it up that way to where maybe one team's a little bit better offensively but the other team's a little bit better defensively uh quickly as you wrap up here you brought this point up a little bit later on in his uh you know, conference, just kind of talking about the difference of recruiting or hosting recruits at a, um, you know, regular season game as opposed to a spring game, specifically a nighttime spring game. Again, this thing starts at seven o'clock where you can literally spend all day with them. He mentioned that on a typical Saturday in the Follies, you know, alone by himself or getting the game plan ready or with the team and stuff like that. This opens up the door to be able to spend an entire day with these guys and then playing the nighttime atmosphere. It's going to be a fireworks show, going to be a lot of fans in Willie B. Like, you can really sell what this place looks like in the fall to recruits where other schools on, you know, maybe a lazy Saturday at noon may not be able to do the same thing. Yeah, I do think it's helpful. And uh, maybe we can talk a little bit of recruiting later on in the show. There's actually a couple of guys who are going to be announcing their decisions in the next few days, uh, one today, one Friday. Maybe we can get into that. But I think it's somewhat helpful. You know, you, you have basically an opportunity. A lot of times these spring games are early in the afternoon. So if I'm trying to bring in a prospect and, you know, they're they're not going to get in for a noon or one o'clock game 
Right. Uh, you know, they're not going to get up super early, I feel like, for a spring game. And so they maybe only get in an hour or two before the game. You have limited time. For the most part, they may be leaving right after the game. In this case, not that you're going to have a straight-up full SEC atmosphere by any means, but uh, I think fans like it. It probably helps you get a little bit more, I don't know, of a loose fan base out there. They're in a situation where, you know, they've, they've had all day to kind of tailgate and hang out and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you got a concert before with Patrick Davis. You got the cocky trot. They've done everything they can to make it more of like a day for right. the fans as opposed to just a game. And so, yeah, you spend time with the recruits. They see what you're all about. And it's just one more opportunity to put your best foot forward. A lot of times Chris and I talk about recruiting as this step-by-step process. You want to get guys on your campus for camp. You want them in for junior days. You want them in for a spring practice. Most of the time, these guys that Carolina gets in for every step of the way, with the spring game being a big part of that step, um, they end up having a pretty good chance to ultimately land them. You could probably go back and look at the attendees for last year's spring game, and a bunch of them are probably suiting up for the Gamecocks um, Saturday. Right. We'll give the Wheel of Beamer another spin on the other side. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs right here on 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game. Even better than I was the last time, baby. We'll be back. And welcome back into the Gamecocks Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell, along with you. Speaking of Firehouse Subs, it's Wednesday. That means there's a sub of the day. Waiting for you at your Midlands Firehouse sublocation. Yeah, no doubt. Every single day of the week, you have a seven ninety nine medium sub, sub of the day at Firehouse Subs. You can order it with the Rapid Rescue online order either on the app or firehousesubs.com. Wednesday is the New York Steamer, which I had never had until, I guess it would have been three or four weeks ago now when we were in Sumter. Um Moved way up my list, Tyler. Probably sitting at number two right now. Brisket add bacon is still number one. But okay. New York steamer uh, with pastrami, way up there, man. So get that now. Again, like I tell everybody every single show, there is a Firehouse Subs, no matter where you are in the Midlands right now, within close proximity to you. So pull it up on the app or go to firehousesubs.com. Rapid Rescue you can go pick it up. It'll be ready for you. It'll be waiting for you. And the chips will be in the bag. All you got to do is grab your drink, head on out, and you enjoy your lunch from Firehouse Subs. Let's see what the wheel has to say once again as we give it a spin. This is going to be Shane Beamer talking about two deep depth charts, which we know depth charts are his favorite thing in the world, of course, but also talking about something that they're going to do after the spring game, which is meeting with players one-on-one, just kind of telling them where they stand within this program and what uh, they're going to be going forward. Here's what Beamer had to say. 
it's very important. Uh, you also know that things change over the summer, but certainly, you know, we'll we'll play the spring game at on Saturday night, and then starting Monday morning at seven a.m. Uh, for the next two three days, I'll have every single player on our team come through my office to meet with me individually, and in those meetings, I'll talk to them about here's where your role is right now, and here's you know where you need to improve, and and what needs to happen for you to have even more of a role or whatnot. So certainly, uh, we want to be very honest and clear with our guys in regards to where they stand right now. But absolutely, uh, from a coaching standpoint, planning standpoint, uh, I believe it's important to know. But you also know that uh, we, we, we do all those workouts and things in the summer for a reason, and that's to get better. And guys will have an opportunity to either you know increase the gap between them and another player or close the gap based on what they do in the summer. And then we get the whole month of August before we play. So we've got a lot of work to do before uh, before the season starts. We also know that we'll have some new newcomers that aren't here right now that will be here uh, in June when we start summer school as well. So you realize that things can change. We're always about competition and we're always competing. But certainly uh, coming out of spring practice is critical to you know have an idea of where guys stand and, and what our offense, defense, and special teams is going to look like. And I feel like that's a really important thing to do after spring practice. And I'm sure there are other countries, or other coaches around the country that do this. I guarantee there are some that don't too. But but I feel like Beamer is an honest guy that will legitimately tell these guys where they stand, and you know, uh, leave it up to them what what's going to happen going forward. And that's especially important given the transfer portal is about to open back up. So there are guys in your team that don't like what they hear and feel like they could be better served elsewhere they can jump into the transfer portal and then you know that okay here's another spot that we have to fill you know when this portal opens up here soon yeah 15 day transfer portal window opening on the 15th ironically same day as south carolina spring game and so the guys are going to have those two weeks right after the spring game to make up their minds on what they want to do and i I think these what you would call kind of exit interviews from the spring are key to, you know, from a South Carolina standpoint or like a team standpoint, they're key to sort of, hey, having a feel for what your roster is going to look like moving forward. Right. From an individual player standpoint, it's, hey, everybody wants to play. Yeah. Like you don't sign to play college football, not envisioning yourself making an impact. So if you are, I think it's especially key if you are a third year player, fourth year player, maybe a fifth year player, and you're sitting there, and there's still maybe two or three guys at your direct spot on the depth chart ahead of you, uh, I think it's important for all sides to sort of say, hey, let's get on the same page about this. You're probably not going to make a major impact this year. A lot of times, even the the people in that category have been told that before the spring. Right. Like, hey, you need to take a step forward in the spring. We're just being honest with you. And there were guys, I won't name names, there were guys specifically last year that I know for a fact were told that going into the spring and actually stepped up and had great springs and ended up not being starters, but ended up impacting last year's team because they sort of knew where they were and they knew what they had to do. There were guys on the other end of that that weren't able to make a move. You kind of encourage them, honestly, hey, if you want to play, if you want to finish out, if you want to look back on your four or five, sometimes six years these days of eligibility and feel like you got the most of it, it might be time to consider going elsewhere. And I I think, you know, if you're a young player, it's a different conversation. Hey, you're third right now, but the two guys ahead of you have one year left. 
Right. So hang in there with us. We we still believe you have a future here. For other guys, it's more just about honesty and look, hey, there's nothing wrong with transferring and going somewhere else. And then you honestly, Tyler, you do sometimes have guys on a roster who are just enjoying being at an SEC school. Sure. Eating great food, you know, maybe being big men on campus and are kind of okay with not playing. And I, I think those are the guys you kind of, from a coaching staff, from a roster standpoint, you're kind of saying, frankly, you know, there's coaches around the country that are probably thinking like, hey, it's not a bad thing if this guy kind of moves on. Right. And that's the great thing about spring practice where you're not, you know, focusing on an individual opponent on a week-in, week-out basis. You get the opportunity to truly evaluate everyone. And with the spring game, more often than not, you're going to see just about everybody outside of the ones that are injured, obviously, getting a chance to get on the field and do something. So there's going to be guys that are red-shirted, guys that are walk-ons, guys that you've probably never heard of before on the South Carolina football team that you may never hear from again that are going to mm-hmm. step on the field on Saturday because everybody gets an opportunity to try and make an impact and uh, get evaluated by this coaching staff so they can see um, you know, where they stand going forward. And I think well, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit more, I'm sure, going into the spring game. You gotta have some context to the spring game. You gotta put it in perspective. Um, if a guy you've never heard of on Saturday makes two interceptions in the late third and the fourth quarter Saturday, it's a great moment for that player. Sure, don't get me wrong. And um, he he is an individual as I'm sure worked very very hard. All you know, he deserves that moment in front of the fans. Right, but. That doesn't mean you go on the message boards or call on the station and say, hey, you know, Jimmy Smith should be playing more because of those two plays sure. when it's probably a fourth or fifth string quarterback. Right. He's going up against a wide receiver who's not going to play. Like, you have to put it in perspective. So there will be some guys, especially in the secondary, yeah. they're going to play a ton that may make an impact on Saturday, but it doesn't really mean anything. But you can learn something. I look at the first about quarter and a half, maybe first half itself. Yeah. You can learn a little bit from that. Sure. Past that, eh, not not really. Yeah, and I think I brought this up either yesterday or, or on Monday with you that there's always those spring game all-stars, the guys that oh, yeah. do go out there and have the two interceptions or catch a couple of touchdowns. And this will obviously be my first game at, um, you know, covering South Carolina. But in my time at Georgia, I remember, I think it was the 2015 spring game, there was this running back named A.J. Terman that tore it up for like 100 yards and two touchdowns. And everybody's talking about, man, when he gets touched in the fall, when he does this, when he does that, never touch the field the entire fall. So you have those examples of guys that look great in the spring game when you kind of put it in the context of everything that's going on on the field at that point in time doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to anything in the fall i pay attention to who are the newcomers that are playing during those first two quarters and look like they belong or look like hey they're standing out a bit again secondary is going to be thin but i look at that as kind of an opportunity if you're a guy like Jalen kilgore highly recruited true freshman already on campus we know DQ Smith and Nicky Mawori are right now going to be the starting safeties, but because you're dividing it into two teams, you have to have four safeties. So Kilgore, I would imagine, Peyton Williams being banged up, I imagine Kilgore gets a start. So that's an opportunity for a true freshman to go play. Pup Howard, 
our freshman at linebacker. This is a chance to go make some mistakes, to go just go out there, play, kind of um, it, not get real game experience, but get close to having true game experience. Sure. So guys like that are the ones who'll be watching. Marky Anderson on the offensive line. Anybody that's a newcomer that's getting to play early on, this is a true grading opportunity for the staff and a learning opportunity for that player. In addition to the spring game itself, there's going to be plenty of recruits on campus this weekend. One recruit we're going to be keeping our eye on later on in the week as they'll be announcing their commitment on Friday. We'll get into that a little bit more on the other side. You're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler Head, Wes Mitchell. Along with you, before we jump into the recruiting, as always, want to thank our friends over at Amy Mason Cup State Farm for being such a great supporter of our show yeah you normally hear chris tell you about amy mason cup i'm going to tell you about her and her business today and if you are a small business owner in the midlands uh think about everything you need to help your businesses succeed you need a plan you need happy customers you need steady cash flow and you need an insurance agent that gets you that is amy mason cup 803-772-5554 again 803-772-5554 when Chris's family was looking to switch and save on their insurance, they called Amy, and she took care of the rest. Her team is experienced, knowledgeable, responsive, and helpful. Whatever your needs are, she and State Farm have you covered. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Again, call Amy Mason Cup, 803-772-5554. On the recruiting front, uh, obviously a busy week uh, in all aspects for the Gamecocks, but uh, keep your eyes on recruiting as on Friday Four-star offensive tackle prospect out of Dillon, Josiah Thompson, will be making his college announcement. He is in the class of 2024. Um, he would be the potential third offensive line uh, commitment, uh, adding to both uh, Cam Pringle as well as Blake Franks, who have already committed. And when you look at the list of schools that he's considering, uh, again, it kind of speaks volumes to what Shane Beamer, Lonnie Teasley, and the likes have done on the recruiting front because he's got South Carolina in there with Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama. Like, this this is a pretty sought-after prospect. Yeah, the Gamecocks could hit the trifecta. The best offensive line in-state class I've ever seen for the Palmetto State. Like you said, Cam Pringle, Blake Franks, already committed to South Carolina. Those are the top three offensive linemen in the state in this recruiting cycle. And Josiah is a kid. South Carolina jumped in on early, made a priority early, Traditionally, South Carolina has had a lot of success at Dillon High School. I suspect that will continue on Friday. We'll have complete coverage for that on GamecockCentral.com around 9 o'clock announcement. And, you know, just, uh, again, Carolina getting in on these guys early, building relationships. And and O-line recruiting, it's kind of interesting. It is a complete team effort for South Carolina. You kind of had what could have been a clunky or weird transition, but for Carolina, it was actually seamless. Greg Atkins obviously was the O-line coach. Lonnie Teasley was kind of, I guess, your interim O-line coach there for a while when Atkins was going through some of his health issues. They kind of swapped roles, but they've both been heavily involved here from the beginning, and Shane Beamer very involved. 
Taylor Edwards involved. He's the director of player personnel. Sam Serbay, who is involved heavily in the uh, recruiting side on the O-line. Um, you know, all these guys have chipped in on O-line recruiting. And I was going back. So South Carolina offered Josiah Thompson way back in 2020. So that would have been his freshman year of high school? So, yeah, basically... They they offered him before Beamer was even hired. Right. And then he was one of the initial first offers when Beamer was hired as well. So they you know, they re offer they call it. Yeah. Which is basically like, Hey, we know you have a South Carolina offer. We just want to make sure you know we have a new staff. We're gonna recruit the heck out of you as well. Sure. And so they've been after this kid forever now. Uh it, it should pay off on Friday. They should get good news. And there's actually some difference in opinion on where he should rank in state. Mm-hmm. Cam Pringle has gotten a little bit, slightly more of the buzz, but on three itself, Charles Power, who does the rankings there, he actually has Josiah as the number one prospect in the state for the class of 2024 and has him as the number two offensive tackle and number 19 overall prospect in the country, class of 2024. And this would be basically four for four for South Carolina as far as in-state targets with offers for the 2024 class that have that will have decided, and they're just waiting on a fifth. They've only offered five guys in-state for 2024. He would be four for four. Kelvin Hunter, who is at West Florence, defensive back, four-star guy, he would be the fifth target. But the Gamecocks, we've sort of teased it are closing in on a potentially five-for-five in-state for for this class, which I'm guessing has never happened. And and going back to what you said a moment ago about offering Thompson as a freshman, and obviously at that point in time it was the Muschamp regime not knowing that it was going to come to an end soon thereafter, but when Beamer gets here and and jumping on Thompson and, and establishing that relationship really, really early as a new head coach, that allows that prospect to see your program grow over the next couple of years, why you already have that relationship with them. And, you know, given that Beamer's improved year after year, uh, you got to know that's uh, been a positive thing in his mind as he's considered coming to South Carolina. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I remember tracking when Josiah was first coming to campus as a young, young, young player and first meeting like Greg Atkins and the new staff. And it was from the, it wasn't just like, oh, you know, we're going to bring this young guy in and sort of just start the process. Carolina treated him like a priority target from the very beginning in terms of recruiting him, recruiting his family, letting him get to know everybody on campus as far as the staff goes. And, you know, I I think they would have had a good shot with him anyway, but there was never any doubt. You know, sometimes with in-state guys, there's kind of that little early period where the prospect wants an offer, the in-state school kind of holds off and um, there's a little bit of awkwardness of like, oh, we're going to have to make up some ground if we offer this guy eventually. None of that was the case with Josiah. And, you know, again, I think it's going to pay off. Before Friday, though, um, Carolina actually has another target today, uh, Tank Booker, um, Anthony Tank Booker to be specific, transfer portal defensive lineman from Maryland in the portal, has garnered a bunch of SEC interest. 
He does not have a time for his announcement, but it will be today at some point on Instagram. Gamecocks, a finalist, as well as Arkansas, Texas A&M, Ohio State, and Purdue. I, Tyler, I don't really have a feel for where he's going to end up. Right. Um, he's played it very close to the vest. From everything I've heard, he has. Rem- he visited South Carolina a couple of weekends ago. Official visit. Everything I've heard, he's he's remained in contact. So. Like, there's some positive signs there, but no real indicators that I've gotten as far as where he's actually going to head. So that will be something to keep an eye on today. Um, potentially them adding a six foot four, 320-pounder. If they land him, we'll talk more about him tomorrow. But I had several people ask me, hey, why are they going for a defensive tackle right. when that's a position that's pretty deep? My answer and my guess is that this is someone who can play a true, like, zero technique or one technique, run stopper. What have we heard about all offseason? Hey, got to get better at stopping the run on defense. So sure. I, I think this is a case of them going after a very specific need and a run-stopping defensive lineman who graded out very well at Maryland. Well, on name alone, being Tank Booker, I'm already sold on the guy. Got, I mean, that's like a first-round pick type name. Absolutely. Tank Booker. So we'll keep an eye on that and uh, certainly break that down depending on how it goes uh, tomorrow. That'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next right here on 107.5 The Game. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 